So we are continuing our series called Puzzled, and we are excited because God has been speaking throughout this uh, series on different ways that he's teaching us about the mystery of, of the kingdom. And there we, we heard about this treasure, and we're going to get into that this morning. But I don't know about you, there's a lot of things that puzzle me, there's a lot of questions I have, and um, I know that you know, people come to me with questions all the time. This past week I got a call, uh, there's an organization here in Richmond that do an event every year and they ask p pastors to come and, and speak at it. And so I, I was talking to this individual about speaking at this event and um, they chose me to speak on St. Patrick's Day because he's like, you're Irish, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not Irish at all. <laughs> um, they thought Bailey was an Irish name. And if you don't know, my, my last name is Bailey, it's spelled B-A-Y-L-Y. Um, that's to confuse you. It's puzzling. I don't know why it's spelled that way either. Uh, it's tough because every time I have to spell it correctly. But Bailey is actually derived from Bailiff. So I was involved. My ancestors were somehow involved, probably, with the ju 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 judicial system. But it's interesting to me, and the question I really have when he was, you know, and I hope I don't ruin the event because I'm not Irish. But the question I have is, why in the world or who in the world was the person that was given the authority to determine your last name? Have you ever thought about that? Who was the person that said, from this point further, you shall be the Baileys? Right? Have you ever thought, has anyone else ever thought about that question? Who gave them the right? Who gave them the responsibility? And I'm sure there's a reason behind all of this if I wanted to research it, but it's a unique thing. We all have last names. Somebody established those last names. There's meaning to those last names. Why was that chosen at the time it was chosen and, and now lives on and affects you in, in, in a lot of different ways? Um, the other thing uh, in that, that kind of vein is the language. This, we speak English. I don't know who got the responsibility of choosing how we spell words, but mo a lot of them don't make any sense to me. All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to spell baloney in your mind. Go ahead and spell baloney. All right, do you have an N in it? Do you have two N's in it? There are two N's in baloney. Why do we even have phonics, right? There is a G in baloney. If you ask me, how you spell baloney is baloney. Yes, I got some laughs. <laughs> But there's tons of mysteries, and I'm telling you, you can go on YouTube, go wherever, and you're going to have hours and hours and hours of questions, and this question will lead to that question, and, and the profound question of all, that the more you know, the less you know, because you realize how much there is to know. And so this morning, how do we live our lives? How do we get through day to day when there's so many questions, so many puzzles, so many things around us? And so this morning, I want to kind of frame this in a bigger question, a question I feel that kind of helps us to gauge all the other things that happen in our lives. And it's a, it's a big question. And it's maybe a question you've asked yourself before. The question is, why do we exist? Why do we exist? And I think at times in all of our lives, that's been a little bit of a puzzle. Why does this earth exist? Why does this church exist? Why do you and I individually exist? And I think how we answer this question has a very large impact on how we live every single day of our lives. And so, I would like to ask the Lord to speak to us and to reveal a little bit more of this puzzle 
as we dive into his words. So let's precede his words with prayer, please. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for life. Thank you for oxygen. Thank you for light. Lord, we ask that your will would be done in this, this moment, Lord. Some of these things are so much bigger, so much bigger than words or thoughts can even comprehend or be useful in. But we ask that your will would be here, that what is done in heaven, that that would reflect in this time, that you would transform us to be more like you, to understand uh, whatever questions, whatever we're puzzled about, Lord, that, that that would be laid at your feet and you would reveal it in your time. Lord, I pray that you would give every person in this room exactly what they need. I don't know what it is. I know what I need, and I pray that you would give it to me. Lord, I need you. I need your peace. I need your grace. I need your wisdom. Please just shower me with that right now. Shower us. We need it with your hope and your grace. Lord, help us to understand how forgiving you've been how patient you've been. Help us to have patience and forgiveness in our own lives. And Lord, as we talk about this subject of our existence, our purpose, what we value in life, help us not to be distracted. Help us not to believe something that is false. Help us to trust you in it. And Lord, as we think about this and we think about the time, how the clock is ticking, how new seasons start and new seasons come to an end, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to know you a little bit more right now as we prepare for your return. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we're going to be reading out of the book of Matthew. This was written a little over around 2,000 years ago. Matthew was a tax collector. He is writing the words he heard Jesus say. He was present when these words were said, and so he recorded them for the church of his time, the, the group of followers that follow Christ of his time to know, and for us to know today. And so they are valuable and they are useful. Um, as we've gone through this series of, series of puzzled, I know the Bible can be a very puzzling thing. There's a lot of things that don't make a whole lot of sense sometimes the first time you read them. And so I think there's some useful tools. If you're interested, I think it's, it's very beneficial to study God's Word. As we eat for the, for the nourishment of our bodies, we spiritually eat on God's Word for the nourishment of our souls. And so I would encourage you, um, if you're studying, there's a lot of commentaries on the Internet you can use. Um, there's a lot of things that help you to give you a background, give you a fuller picture, give you some more understanding of what is being taught, and really what the original hearer would have heard, because some of these things, it's hard to grasp in our modern era. Um, another useful tool for me, and I would encourage you with this, um, and I hope you've never got this uh, view from church, questions are good. If you have questions, if things don't make sense, if they don't, mean, if they don't seem realistic, if they don't seem plausible, if, if it just causes you to stop and wonder, how could this be? I think God enjoys when you take the time to embrace those questions and to seek them out and to wonder and to pursue. He's not afraid of us finding answers. He's not afraid of us pursuing questions. And so I have a Bible where there's a, a large section where you can write questions and notes as you think through what's being said. And I would encourage you in that. But above and beyond all these things, we understand that it is the Spirit of God, we call that the Holy Spirit, that lives within us. 
And his living within us gives us wisdom and understanding. And as we read these words, um, he reveals truth to us. And so this connection through prayer, this acknowledgement of his existence and his truth of which is in me helps me to understand these words so that I can apply them and live them. So as with all of that as a backdrop, we also can cross-reference and look at other places that Jesus teaches things or the Bible teaches things to help us to learn. We look here at Matthew 13, verse 40, thir chapter 13, verse 44. Here's what it says. The kingdom of heaven, the mystery, the kingdom, the thing that Jesus established, is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all that he had and bought that field. And so Jesus, again, talks about the mystery, all of these parables. A parable is a story telling us a greater truth of the mystery of God's kingdom, the mystery of our reality, the mystery of our existence. And so here Jesus says again, and, and this is unique because this is one of the only real positive parables where he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he did something really unique. And so this is where having a commentary can be very helpful for you. Now let me ask you a question this morning. If you came in here and underneath your seat was a, a $100 bill taped, uh, what would you do? For some of you, like, I wouldn't even stuff for a $1,000 bill, <laughs> right? Something, some money was underneath your chair. You'd take it and you would spend it. You wouldn't leave it there, right? You wouldn't rehide it. So why in the world, if this man found this hidden treasure, why did he then go and, and rehide it? Why? As you read, as you contemplate, you look at the commentary, you cross-reference, you ask the Lord to reveal things to you. One of the things I learned, and, and it's true today, is that you cannot claim treasure that is found on property that is either owned by the government or someone else. If you were to find treasure today on someone's land and you were to dig it up and they, would found, and they were to find that you found it on so-and-so's property or government property, guess what? The government owns that. That person owns that. And so here, there's this amazing truth, and here's the truth. You can't own treasure found on someone else's property. You can't own treasure that is found on someone else's property. So what does he do? He goes back with joy because he recognizes the value of the treasure. He recognizes this is an amazing treasure. This treasure is more valuable to me than all that I possess. And so he understands that, and in joy, he goes and sells everything he has so that he can purchase the land, so he can own the treasure. So in essence, here is this man. He finds this treasure. He gets really excited because he recognizes this now can be his. And he, he rehides it. He goes, he sells everything in joy. He is so excited because I get to own this treasure. The treasure's value was so big to him that it was worth everything he owned. And so to own the land, to allow it to come into his life, in a sense, he had to confess. That's a church word we use. He had to admit that all the treasures in his life, all the things that he thought life was about, all the reasons for existing, paled, were not as great, were not as valuable as this treasure. 
He wanted that treasure to be who he was. He wanted to own it. He wanted to own that treasure. This morning, if church is a responsibility, if reading God's word is just, I mean, I'm telling you, I've been there. I've been there just sitting there and and doing the, the church thing and doing the Christian thing, and it's mundane, and it is boring, and it is some kind of, you know, just you feel like you're on a, a continual cycle and getting nowhere. That is not this mystery of the kingdom of heaven that God reveals. He reveals something that is grander and more majestic and more powerful and more wonderful than any of us in this room could ever imagine. And so what he's saying is when you get this picture of what Jesus really died for, when you get this picture of what God is offering every single person, You recognize and you confess that this, that I I thought, all the things I thought were worthwhile, all the things I thought life was about, all the things I thought was my purpose for existing, pale, are nothing, are small and insignificant compared to this treasure that I can invest all of me into and it can become mine and I can have it as my own. It is a treasure I did not earn. It's a treasure that God gives. And so this morning, as we look at this and we think about this, I mean, really, is it a treasure for me? (laughs) Is what God did, is it a treasure? Do I value it in comparison? When I think about why I exist, is this the core of why I exist? I'm going to take a quick detour here because I think it's interesting. At least it was interesting to me. As a pastor, I get to meet a lot of amazing people, and I get to hear a lot of amazing stories. And when I was a pastor at another church, there was a a gentleman who lived close to the church, and he was known to have all these amazing things at his house that he had collected over years. And so he invited my son and I to his house, and we were walking through, and he had all this amazing stuff. I couldn't believe the stuff this guy had, had either accumulated, traded for, or found. Well, we came into one of the rooms, and one of the rooms had um, this kind of setup. There was sand, and in the sand, there were little gold Nuggets, there was little gold pieces, um, coins. And my son's like, what is this? And it's like a movie, you know, it like fades into this story. It's an awesome story where this gentleman, he began to tell us the story of a friend of his. Mel Fisher had found these coins that were connected to a boat called the Atucci. In 1622, Spanish galleon, a group of Spanish ships crossed the ocean on a way to Havana. On September 4th, 1622, a hurricane came through and caused these ships to sink. In these ships was somewhere around 10% of Spain's wealth. The purpose of these ships was to bring this wealth and pay for parts of Florida to make Florida a Spanish-controlled nation. The ship sunk. Three people survived. They put buoys up to remind them where where these boats sank so that when they came back, they could salvage all of what was lost. As they went and returned to Spain to bring another group to find this, another hurricane in the October of that year came through and pushed all the buoys, and there was no way of knowing where this stuff 
was. And so it was lost. This man, Mel, was a treasure hunter. He was from Indiana. He moved to Florida. He sold everything he had. He spent years and years and years looking for treasure off the coast of Florida, finding very little. He ended up finding these two cannons that he believed were part of the Atochi. Unfortunately, you had to have three of the cannons to validate this find, and they wouldn't get the, the funding they needed to continue the search until they had three of the cannons. He was on the last week of his finances. He was about to give up, to go back, to quit. He had spent all his money. He was in major debt. This was it. And he finds the third cannon, validates the Atochi. As they expanded the search, they found more of the ships. They found more of the, the treasure it added up to $400 million of treasure that had been sunk off the coast of Florida. And in this home in Virginia, my son and I were holding the coins from the Atochi. When I heard this story, I re recognized the fact that if these ships would have come to the United States, if they would have paid off Florida, the United States could have been a Spanish nation. We could all be speaking Spanish right now, but none of us were. How many of you are aware of this? This amazing treasure had been lost. Mel gave everything he had to find it. And in finding it, he tells all of us a much bigger story. This parable. God has established a treasure greater than $400 million, worth more than anything we could ever comprehend. And he says, to claim it, to be part of this kingdom, this mystery to be revealed, I confess that I need it, that I am lost without it, and I believe that it is real. And I trust it with my life. He goes on to say in a similar parable, he says in verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. He was searching for this pearl. He finds it and he sells everything for it. Why? Because he understood the value. He understood the value of it. So I come back to the question, why do we exist? I would submit to you that the Bible teaches and my personal belief is that we exist for the glory of God and for the expansion of his kingdom. That I exist because of this kingdom, this mystery, this treasure. I exist. I am a dad. I am a husband. I am a pastor with the purpose of glorifying God and doing whatever I can to be part of this kingdom and to share it and grow it and love it. And that everything that has happened, that has transpired throughout human history is for these two purposes. The reason that everything exists, the reason that everything happens is for the glory of God and for his kingdom to be revealed. This morning I was driving around and I'm watching West, the West End grow out and I'm seeing all these buildings that are coming up and I'm seeing all these new stores and it just hit me that everything that happens here, everything that happens is for the glory of God and for the expansion of his kingdom. 
everything exists according to, to what Jesus taught, according to this parable, according to what we have has been revealed to us, is that we exist for this amazing treasure of glorifying God with our lives and expanding his kingdom to whoever, whomever would want to be a part of it. Gaten exists to continue the growing of God's kingdom. Gaten exists to glorify God. How is this relevant? How does this matter? Tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm going to make a decision. Do I exist today for my glory or for his? Do I exist today to build my kingdom or his? It's an amazing thing. Wherever you're going next in the chapter of your life, there's an overarching frame that you can place on your whole life. This treasure, it's beyond a treasure to know why you exist. And the beauty of it all, the beauty of it all, is that we don't pay for it. It is a gift freely given. It is a treasure offered. Yes, it was paid for. In a moment, we're going to come to the the table, and we're going to look at a cup, and we're going to look at bread, and we're going to remember the cost of this treasure. But it was a treasure paid for by someone else His name was Christ. And so as we think about this, I mean, this is big. This is big. What do we really believe? Is this still puzzling to us? Do we still wake up wondering what today is all about? Has the puzzle in any way revealed itself? Has Christ said something to you? And so... As we look at this parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. What is God saying to you? Jesus kept saying, he who has ears, let him hear. Let her hear. Let them hear. What is the Holy Spirit of God telling you? Let's pray. Father, I am so grateful for this hope, for this truth, for this reality that you have <laughs> you've established your kingdom which is eternal and is beyond any explanation for any of us that it is that it is immeasurable it is overwhelming it is significant in all ways and so lord this morning as as we think about our existence and we think about what happens day to day and we think about life in general Help us to focus that through the lens of of what you did on the cross. Focus that on the lens of the victory that you gained by conquering death and sin so that we could have life eternal. Lord, help us to turn our attention from the small treasures that this world offers to the grand treasure that you offer us in grace. And Lord, as we come to this table, you told us never to forget. Don't forget this, because this is where it was birthed. This is where it was founded. This is where the hope begins. Lord, give us grace in our minds. Give us grace in our thoughts. Help us to embrace and to see clearly. 
who and what you have done. Lord, I thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. 